Okay, so my highest skill is Streetwise. How on earth can I use Streetwise to attack a charging monkey? Hello everybody, Morris here. Uh, what you're about to hear is a one-hour demo where Peter and I are going to play the Roll20 RPG Burn Bright. Uh, GM'd by lead designer James Intracasso. So the next voice that you hear on the podcast now is going to be James, the GM. Today, uh, Russ and Peter have joined me because we're going to be playing Burn Bright, which is an RPG we talked about on the show a while back. Uh, I guess a, a couple weeks ago now. Yes. Mm. Which you wrote. That's right. That's right. Yes. Which, you, which I wrote. And so, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do a quick little demo here of the game, and we're playing <laughs> it in Roll Twenty. Um, so you won't hear our dice clattering on the ground or anything like that. It's all gonna <laughs> uh, it's all gonna happen in the table. But we'll announce the results and we'll go from there. So uh, Burn Bright is a game that takes place in a shrinking universe, right? There's this phenomenon called the burn that is eating everything around the sides of the universe um, and slowly closing in on this final galaxy called Olaxis. Um, and it's this bright orange uh, aurora borealis almost effect that if you look up in the sky, that's this swirling orange, yellow, red sort of uh, thing that erratically advances. It's advancing at a erratic pace, but it's slow enough that people think like, hey, we've probably got at least 100 years left, right? So like mm -hmm. most people will be dead before the burn does its final thing. Uh, that mm. said, the galaxy's in panic. There are people profiting. There are people who are displaced. There are scarce resources because anything the burn touches, a planet, a person, a spaceship is never seen or heard from again once it crosses mm. over into the, the threshold of the burn. So the first thing we are going to do is pick characters. Characters in Burn Bright are like heroic. They are, uh, you know, it's the end of the world, but they haven't given up on being good people. Um, and they also, you know, might get paid for a good deed or two. It's kind of their profession. They live on a spaceship uh, and they fly around the galaxy doing good things and earning coin that way. Uh, living on a spaceship is great because it means your home is mobile and you can outrun the burn. So I, because I have used Roll Tricky before, I have found the pregens. Excellent. Yes, that's the that's the next step, right? Is uh, so, Russ. If you're a, if you're a roll twenty newbie, mm -hmm. you can see in the top right. Um, there's that tab that uh, kind of looks like a, a newspaper. Um, yeah. Uh, it's journal. the journal tab. If you click there, there's a folder of pre-generated characters. Ooh. And so what I was going to do is uh, quickly, uh, very quickly, kind of go through the five pregens we have. So if okay. you remember from our conversation Ooh. earlier, we don't have any humans in Burnbright. Well, we have our, a lot of uh, different um, what we would think of as alien species. Um, and each alien species kind of has their own abilities related to their physiology and anatomy. They're almost like superpowers that they have. Just going down the list, we have the Eno, uh, which they're a felonoid race, like a 
like a cat folk, mm. very good at being sneaky. Uh, they also have sort of almost a magical way with words. Their uh, their society sort of trades their economy as an economy of favors. So like every Eno that is from Eno society uh, keeps a ledger of, of kind of like, I owe you this, you owe me this, you know, and now we're, we're good. There is the Kithuk is the next pregen. The Kithuk <laughs> are a giant insectoid species. Um, they uh, have like, they're very strong. They have chitinous armored bodies uh, and they usually make pretty good melee warriors. They also have a society that is uh, pretty friendly, uh, as it were, in, in their home planet. Uh, the Peacecraft are next. So the Peacecraft are cool. You use a bigger miniature for them. And they are giant, sapient robots. They look a little bit like Transformers. Um, and other characters can ride around inside of them. Um, so they, they're like big mechs basically that, uh, yeah and they come from a they were built for war and they're the species that created them actually wiped themselves out in war and the peacecraft were like never again will we let someone else use us for their war so that's why mm-hmm. they renamed themselves the peacecraft and they're all about like keeping the peace uh there is the Rornin. Rornin is a swarm uh you play a swarm of a hundred thousand bugs that share a hive mind uh, in the Rornin. Uh, they're uh, telepathic. They used to all be like one really big hive and their queen was destroyed by the burn. So now they're right. split up into all these individual hives of 100,000 bugs and they're often trying to figure out like, how do we make a new queen? How do we get back together? They're not sure how to do it. So that's the Rornin, weird and wonderful. And then finally, uh, the the final pregen we have here is an Olran. Uh, they're a crystal sort of humanoid made of all like smooth crystal and they can enter these periods of super intense focus where they are really good at getting things done when they when they enter those periods of focus and they kind of grow jagged crystals on their body when they're doing that Ooh. um so those are the pre-gens we have we've got an olrin a Rornin, a peacecraft a kithuk and an eno and i can tell you sort of what each is is good at if you're like Hey, I don't know what I want to play, but I want to be good at this. Um, so, but uh, does anybody? I'm guessing uh, it's okay, James. I have an infallible metric. So I know, I know, I know that Peter loves cats. So I'm going to be the cat person that you know. Then <laughs> he has to be nice to me. You see, uh, you yeah, could yeah. be the same pregen too if you want to be. If you want could to both be, be you know. Uh, uh, but I've 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 gone through the list of the pregens. I've looked at all the pictures. And I've chosen the picture I like best. Perfect. Which That's is, a great way to do it. That's a great way to do which, it. Which, Which one are you? Kithuk. Oh, the Kithuk. So yes. you are the I, I, insect. I can grab it out. I pulled it onto the thing. Yeah, I see. Oh, okay, I see. great. So, oh, I can do that. Can I? Can I just? Yeah. Just grab it out. Whack it on the thing. I don't know. That's perfect. So uh, a couple quick things uh, that you'll notice about your pregen looking at the sheet is you want to take note of your health levels, right? So everybody has uh, starts with at least three. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, Peter, your character has a shield health level because they're wearing a, a shield, a personal shield generator as well. Nice. And then you'll want to also take a look at your skills. So you can see you've got uh, 18 different skills here. And if you have a large die next to the skill, like a D12, you're really good at it. If you have a D4, you're not as good at it. Now, 
you uh-huh. will want to try to use one skill at least of every die size, which you can track on your sheet. You see that dice used mm-hmm. uh, section on your sheet up there. Um, if you click different dice, they turn white and hollow out. Right. Once you've used all of them, you gain a Nova point. And we'll get into that when someone does gain a Nova point, what all of that means. Uh-huh. The other thing is if you scroll down, you can see all these tabs on your sheet. Uh, just click the equipment one and you can see kind of what uh, what equipment you have. You probably don't have too much, maybe maybe three or four pieces of equipment. Uh, and the big thing Ooh, is a la- like a laser pistol and a laser sword. Ooh. That's right. That's right. Very nice. I have a charge button and a communication badge. Charge button and a communication badge. So there you go. So you've got those are important things. So a charge uh, you have a charge baton. Is that what you've got uh-huh. as a kith hook? So a charge baton is a, like a taser prod. Yeah. yeah. So it's a melee weapon, uh-huh. and uh, we'll get into it. Can do extra damage if you can do a bunch of attacks Ooh. with it. Nice. And then uh, your laser sword is exactly what it sounds like. Um, we don't want to copyright infringe <laughs> here, but uh, you you can feel the force of it. We'll just say. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then your laser pistol works also exactly as you would think. You you kind of point okay. and shoot. All weapons uh, essentially do one health level of damage. Right. When we're using skills, uh, you get to to pick the skill you want to use, right? The the player, you tell mm-hmm. me, like, I'd like to use athletics, and here's how I'm thinking I would use it. Uh, if you want to know kind of, like, what a skill means or what it does, you can ask me, uh, and we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, I think that's all we need kind of to get started here. Do you have any okay. questions for me before we... Uh, start rolling no no um it's just skills there's no ability scores as well no ability score is right so it's kind of like fate in that yeah. uh you know you've, you've got your skills there and and that's the uh, the important thing uh you can be affected by conditions which can make skills easier or harder to use depending on if they're a positive or a negative condition so that's kind of okay. how that works Oh, I see. And we've got melee and ranged as skills, I see. Okay. Yes, yeah. Melee and ranged are skills. Power is a skill for, like, kind of, like, sheer brute strength. Uh, And then you do also have uh, special abilities and Nova abilities. So Nova abilities, you need to earn a Nova point, and you earn a Nova point by using one skill of every die size. So a a D4 skill, a D6 skill, a D8 skill, that kind of thing. And when you have a point, then you can spend it to use one of your abilities. And then your special abilities are uh, always active. They're things that you can always do um, Mm -hmm. as far as that goes. So uh, a lot of them may not make sense to you at the moment, um, but they they might as we go on. So, uh, but yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. No, I think I got it. Cool. All right. So why don't we very quickly uh, just tell me the, the names of your characters, if you've if you've got them, and we don't need to worry too much about uh, cultural conventions in Burnbright or anything like that. We're just having some fun here. So okay, I will be called Sirak. S I R A K. I will write that down so I don't forget it. <laughs> Great, Sirak. Yes, and uh, uh, who will you be, Peter? Mm, I noticed that Kiffick have quite short names, so I've decided to be Baz Globetrot. Baz Globetrot. I love it. I love it. 
Okay. So, and the the final thing I need from you is uh, we're probably not going to get too much into ship combat because we're we're keeping it short <laughs> today. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but 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 I must show you. This is the layout. Ooh of your spaceship, if you kind of zoom out here. And normally, we would take the time to decorate this with fancy, you know, tokens and stuff from Roll20, fancy little map pieces. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so this is your uh, this is your spaceship that you, uh, you two pal around on, um, like Chewbacca and Han Solo kind of flying <laughs> through the galaxy, going on on various missions. Uh, maybe you're in it for the money, maybe you're in it for the for the saving people, maybe you're in it for the, the glory. Whatever your kind of personal reason for doing this is uh is up to you but uh i wanted to show you what this looks like because your ship has in it a a being called a magical intelligence the magical intelligence kind of keeps your ship working right so um right now in burn bright fuel is scarce because planets keep disappearing right hey we were mining fuel there oh now it's gone Uh, and we'll never see it again and so Magical intelligences are these beings that can be summoned and people aren't really sure from where the magical intelligences have no memory of where they were before. Like maybe they're created through this magic ritual that summons and binds them to a ship. Maybe it wipes their memory. No one's positive about that. And so there are ethical questions for sure about this, right? But they keep your ship powered um, and they can do lovely things for you, like drive the ship when it's not a a situation for fine control, right? Like they can kind of be like autopilot and and that kind of thing. uh, and they also have personalities and are people, and so they, like, speak to you. Uh, so my question is, what is the name of your ship uh, mm. that that you two pal around in right now? Does the magical intelligence have a name? Uh, so it could be the same name as the ship, or it could be something else. Could we call it Hudson's Revenge, the ship? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, so Hudson's Revenge is the name of your ship. Uh, and is the what is the name of your magical intelligence? Is it also Hudson's Revenge? Does it also go by that? Oh, Holly. Uh, 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 Holly? Holly. Holly. Okay. Holly. Yeah. Nice. We're going, okay. we're, going a, we're going a bit red dwarf on this then. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say Holly and the Blue, be- blue Giant, but you, went, uh, yeah, you got in with Hudson's Revenge, and I acknowledge the superior name. <laughs> Excellent. So you two uh, have just completed a job at the very edge of the galaxy. Um, the burn is uh, off there in the distance. If you were to look out your 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 windows of your cockpit or your quarters, wherever you might be, um, and you can see this sort of glowing, swirling mess. Your your uh, Holly is keeping you far enough away from the burn that if it suddenly advanced, you'd be able to uh, to get out of way. But it's there mm-hmm. and it's close and. You had just uh, delivered a whole bunch of medicine to people who were stranded on a, uh, a space station out here in the burn and some fuel to allow them to push their space station forward uh, to, to bring it uh, further away from the burn. So you've got pockets full of cash right now. You're uh, you're feeling pretty good uh, when Holly uh, appears uh, in front of you and Holly, uh, when she speaks, um, she she shows up like a holographic projection and uh, she looks like your species to you. So if you're looking at her, you know, uh, Sirak, uh, she looks like an Eno. And if you're looking at her, Baz, uh, she looks like a Kithuk. And, uh, you know, this big uh-huh. insectoid or this big uh, cat 
person um, as she speaks to you and she says, um, oh, uh, I wanted to let you know that uh, we're picking up a distress beacon. There is a science lab. uh, It's called uh, the Verdant Fire. Um, It's a space station and we're, we're going to be passing it soon. They're saying that one of their animals got loose and is running amok on the station and the station has gone dormant and won't be able to continue its advance. The The Verdant uh, Fire is a space station that studies the burn. This group of scientists from an organization called ARC, the Alliance for Relief and Conservation, mm-hmm. has this space station that kind of keeps track of the burn and steadily stays in front of it uh, to try to, uh, you know, learn what's going on and maybe how can we stop it? How can we reverse it? Right. And they're experiencing problems right now. We're the only ship around for thousands of, uh, of miles. I'm tired. (laughs) Uh, and she says, well, we should check that out. But we just did a mission. I know, but somebody's pets escaped. So we should check it out. Can I have a nap first? (laughs) Yeah. you, You can nap while I drive. Holly, set a course for verdant fire. You've got it, Bass. Um, And so she sets a a course for that. Uh, It'll probably take you, you know, uh, about an hour to get there. You are very close. And uh, so if there's anything you want to do before you get there, let me know. Uh, If not, we'll jump right to the approach of the ship. I am having a power cat nap. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you're really uh you've you've studied the role very well here Russ, of, of cat <laughs> um uh so you're uh you're having a nap and uh and holly says sirak sirak it's time to wake up we're oh, approaching do uh, i have to uh i made you a warm bowl of milk sirak Ooh, ooh, ooh <laughs> right then uh that's <laughs> like to use the computers to research a bit more about Verdant Station. Okay, great. So we're going to make our first skill roll. And so uh, the way this works is you'll click the word computers on your character sheet. Uh, and mm-hmm. when you do, it asks for a complexity. Uh, the okay. compl- complexity of this skill check is two. It's the lowest you can get. And what that means is you're going to roll two dice. What is your uh, mm-hmm. what what die size do you have in your D6. computer skill? D6, great. So that means you're going to roll 2D6, and if you get doubles, uh, like, uh, you know, a a 3 and a 3 or a 4 and a 4, you will fail. Uh, If you get get, uh, not doubles, you will succeed. Uh, So that's how it works. Burnbright assumes your characters are heroic and capable, so you roll to see if you fail, not if you succeed. Uh, So go ahead, uh, roll it up, and the result will show in the chat window here in roll 20. Okay, it's asked me for complexity, condition bonus, total. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, oh ah, there we go. Let's roll. There you go. Hey, passed. So, yes, so you rolled a six and a five on your two D6s, so you passed. Oh. There were no doubles. So, uh, what you learn about this station is that they are carrying recently rescued from a world that was burning a mm-hmm. specific type of simian called a velame and the velame is this giant pink ape um that uh walks on six different appendages right kind of looks like a big hunched over gorilla with pink fur um and then it's got a big black head with a thick black 
lion's mane around its neck and very sharp uh, incisors. Um, so that is a you, you learn that that is the the sort of creature that they are carrying there. Tem- also- Temperament wise, is it dangerous? Is it aggressive? Yes, they are very aggressive. Uh, in fact, uh, they can be pretty hard to soothe, um, but they do have um, the, the, some of the research here on the station has shown that like they kind of like uh, they kind of like soft orchestral music. <laughs> that, can, that can help calm them. What skill would that be? Uh, probably perform. perform. <laughs> mm, oh dear. <laughs> D4. <laughs> okay. Uh, Holly, can you load up onto my music system uh, some soft orchestral music, just like greatest hits? Oh, and yes. I need a pair of loudspeakers as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Huh. Absolutely. Oh, I can do that. Beast. <laughs> so, uh, so, yes. So she loads up some soft music uh, for you to be able to play uh, a whole like, uh, you know, she's she's got an hour long playlist there ready oh, for you. Okay. Nice. And as you get close to the station, you're also unable to to reach through uh, with your radio. Like there's if, if you reach out and hail, there's no response as you get close. So does this universe have like Star Trek transporters or are we talking shuttles here? So uh, you would be able to line your ship up with an airlock if you wanted right. to. Okay. Uh, so the station does have an airlock. It's not an enormous. It's not like... Um, Deep Space Nine style space station. Uh, it's somewhere between the International Space Station and Deep Space Nine. Uh, if that gives you an idea of, of kind of the size of it. And it's a big horseshoe shape. Um, so it's kind of this big U shape uh, floating out there in the in the air. Okay. Um, and you can Oops. see the edge of the burn right next to it. All right. Let's, let's dock then, shall we? Uh, uh, Does this require a check? Make sure it's okay for us to arrive. Yes. We can't get through with the radio, so... Yeah. 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 So you weren't able to get through to the radio, uh, but you are able. Holly is, um, you know, the airlock is fine. You're able to dock. Mm -hmm. But she says, oh, uh, there's a problem. Um, The airlock is locked uh, from the other side and I am unable to uh, to get it open here. Hmm. I think I can I think I can deal with this. I'm going to put out some electronic lock picks. Mm, yes. And would this be skullduggery, I'm guessing? Yes, I think this yes. would be skullduggery. So this, when you'll get a window that pops up, uh, this will be complexity three, Russ. Uh, what am I? Oh, I'll press the actual dive. Yeah, okay. Uh, complexity three. Mm-hmm. And then just roll. Just roll. Yeah. There you go. Yes. There so we you go. have a D10 four. and you rolled a four, a five, and a seven. So mm-hmm. you passed. Um, so you, uh, you're you working on like there's a little panel right next to this big airlock door and click and there's a hiss and, uh, you know, the airlock door slides open. And now I will bring you to on to. So I now map. click the D10 up here, which indicates I've used a D10 skill. Yes, yes. Correct? And Peter, right. you should click your D6 to indicate you've used a D6 skill as well. Uh-huh. I like this okay. because it, you know, it forces you to use the skills you're not great at as well, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's exactly the the idea, right? It's like, mm. hey, uh, don't use the skills because we have that rule about like you can justify. If you can justify a skill, you can use it. Mm. We want people to be able to to use that. So, okay. Well, you so always you two... have skills of all types. Four, right. six, eight, ten, and twelve. You'll always have all of those, will you? Mm. 
exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and so as you level up, as you advance, you can't advance a, a, D, a D10 to a D12. That's typically how it works. You would increase each die like one step to the next die up. You can't advance a D10 to a D12 unless you're going to have a D10 when you're done, right? Mm. Um, so uh-huh. that sort of helps you build your character uh, right. you know in yeah. a way too right you you need to advance each skill yeah. so you, you, you can't leave a gap basically yeah right yeah. exactly exactly yeah so uh so yeah so you uh come aboard this ship and let me see i've i've brought you over to the map can you both see sort of where you are right now kind of in this little room here yes yeah yeah so roll 20's dynamic lighting is turned on and so uh so you can probably only see the room that you are currently in mm-hmm. uh which does appear to be this room with all these kind of cargo crates uh it's kind of it's a bit of a, mm-hmm. a docking station um you can see over off in the corner there's that uh, uh device that is surrounded by a blue circle that's actually a charging station where like if you needed to charge up your like your your data pad or anything like that, your smart slab, you would throw it onto that station uh, and uh, and it would start to charge up. So that's what that indicates. And you see in front of you, uh, there is a big wide door. So the airlock is behind you here uh, to the south right here, right where this caution strip is. Um, mm-hmm. There is another door and it looks like it opens uh, vertically. And there's a, a data pad next to it indicating that that door is unlocked. Oh, Cyrus, we should totally try and sneak our way in here. You don't know what's happening. Can you sneak? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, seven, the, the eight foot tall, chitinous person. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, did you say the door was unlocked? Yes, the door is indeed unlocked. Can I listen at the door? Yes, you can. How would I do this? Uh, so uh, this would perception? probably be, yeah, a perception uh, skill roll. Where's that? Ah, there we go. It's a D6. Okay. Go ahead. And it's complexity two. Two. One. Okay. Well, yes. Ooh. That's another pass. So that was a D6 skill. You rolled a six and a three. Uh, and uh, Quick rules question. Would I still click that D6 even if I failed? Yes. Would I still check it off? Yes. Yeah. So okay. even, right, and that's a, another way to encourage people to use skills they yeah. might fail with. Um, okay. And we'll get into failure in a bit, because when you fail in Burn Bright, you don't just fail, you make things worse. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, so you listen at the door, uh, and when you listen at the door, you hear, like, some pounding, like a dun, dun. It's not on. It's not directly on the other side. Like it's not someone pounding on the door you're listening to, but it does sound like someone pounding on a door on the other side of the door somewhere. Uh, and then you hear a big crash and a scream, followed by a. But as I hear nothing at all, I think you should just go straight through. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds like a decent thing. Thanks, Iraq. Excellent. Uh, open the door and go straight through okay so baz uh as you open the door you are shocked to find Uh. um the door is on the ground and you can see uh kind of all the way down uh with its its butt sticking out (laughs) and four limbs is this 
big uh, pink and furry behind coming out of a doorway uh, that is uh, uh, several you know meters down this hall in a spaceship mm-hmm. that you can in the space station right it's this big metal yep. hall uh, the lights are flickering a little bit in here um, and you can see this thing and you can hear now screaming erupting from the room that it has uh, battered its way uh, into okay what I'd like to do then is switch on some... Oh, sorry, is there something you want to do first? Because what I'd like to do is I'd like to use some soft orchestral music. Okay. Blazing said, away from... You said the speakers. lights were flickering. Does that mean there are shadows? Uh, yes, there are shadows. Yes, Can indeed. Can I try and hide? Yes, yes. So you're going to switch on the music and you are going to try yeah. to hide. So the music, yes. uh, that's an automatic thing, right? No, no check necessary for that. Yeah. So the music uh, starts to come on and plays through the speakers you've prepared. Uh, go ahead and make a check to the hide. That's probably stealth. Yeah, yeah. So another D8. Your complexity here is going to be a... That'll be a two. Two. Yes. And roll. Yes, seven and a five. I pass. Okay, great. So, yes, you are hidden uh, from this thing that turns. Uh, It turns and steps into the hall and starts to charge at you as this music plays. But you can see it's kind of loping. It's not like a a super aggressive charge. It's more like a... It's it's interested in the music. It doesn't look friendly either. It's giving a low <laughs> growl, but it's not like a full out barbarian rage. And you oh, can oh, oh. oh sorry, uh, oh, I yeah, will sh- show you here in roll twenty what it looks like. Right, um, this is kind oh. of the face of this thing. It's got that that pink fur on its face. It's kind of got some uh, almost like short antennae uh, coming up out of its head. It's got four <laughs> eyes and this black tongue, and then it's got this uh, black. Uh, fur uh, around mm. its head like a lion's mane. It gives you an idea of what yeah. it might look like. Mm. Uh, so now we are in initiative. Okay. Right. And so the way initiative works is, I'm going to, to put some things in here, but the way it works is they declare, right? Um, so it's a little different than other games. The enemies declare mm-hmm. what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Then That's players get to act. Players get to do as what they want to do. Uh, And then enemy actions resolve. So it gives you kind of a chance. It's like that cinematic bullet time feel. Uh, It gives you a chance to maybe try to counter what they're going to do with your Mm -hmm. skills. So when you make skills, you can uh, when you on your turn, you can make attacks. Um, You can try to counter their incoming attacks, um, which Mm -hmm. is kind of how you defend. Right. If if no, if you don't knock them out or counter them, uh, that attack is probably coming through Um, and you Mm -hmm. can counter by, you know, trying to move out of range or uh, or that kind of thing. Or, or by, you know, using a, a melee skill to parry or athletics to jump out of the way, that kind of thing. And, uh, and then their actions resolve, and then we go back. So also during combat, you can generate things called advantages, and I get to generate something that is called collapse points. Collapse points are good for me. I can use them to have my creatures take extra actions. I start with two, and I can gain more whenever you fail. Um, advantages are gained. Those let you re-roll dice. So if you get a match, you can re-roll when you have, you can spend an advantage to re-roll one of the dice to change a match into like a a success. You have to take the new result. You generate advantages by doing things that would be helpful in the story that aren't necessarily attacks, right? So like, uh, for instance, playing music 
uh, I am going to start you with two advantages for that, um, that you, you all get two kind of rerolls here that you can spend, um, with your advantages. Uh, and so, uh, this creature is going to go and it is going to declare attacks. Let's see. Uh, yeah. And it is going to declare that it is going to charge you, Baz, Mm -hmm. and it is going to attack you. Let's see. Uh, yes, it is going to attack you twice. So it'll spend a collapse point to declare a... Uh, you know what? It's going to declare one attack against you and one attack against... Oh, it doesn't know the Eno's there. So both are against you. It's a good yeah. friend right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, however, uh, you still get to go. Uh, so that is, that's its declared actions. So it is now uh, your turn, and you both get to decide what order you act in. On your turn... You can take any number of actions until you uh-huh. either fail a skill roll or say, like, yep. I'm good. I don't want to go anymore. Okay. okay. So um, I am well, not to... great in combat. I'll say that uh-huh. up front. So you can attack. I, I'm, a, I'm a skill monkey. But, yeah. Uh... This hmm. is one thing you should know is you can attack with any skill you want to as long as you can justify it okay so my highest skill is streetwise how on earth can i use streetwise to attack a charging monkey um (laughs) i'd like to to try and use my uh, empathy to adjust the music and do like a gentle friendly looking uh dance to calm the creature down okay Cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, so it's your so the way uh, skill complexity works, uh, your first action you take is at complexity uh-huh. two in combat. Um, okay. you're, if you take another action, it'll be at complexity three. The next would be at complexity uh-huh. four, so on and so forth. Okay. Um, so go ahead and make your right. empathy check at complexity two. Okay. Okay. That's a pass. Okay. Yes, that is. That's a big old pass. So uh, as you're playing this music, um, you can see uh, you've adjusted it. It's a little bit louder, a little bit fuller, right? You, you turned oh. up the, the, the equalizer in a way that makes yeah. it just fill this room. Um, oh. And this thing is going to sort of slow down just a bit and, and stagger. And what we're going to do is I'm going to give them a condition that affects them uh and what that means is i'll indicate that by putting this little heart marker on them on roll 20 um when they are affected by a condition uh you all have an easier time dealing with them so it turns down the complexity of your checks to deal with them Uh, so i'll keep track of that and i'll remind you of that uh as we're we're going through here um so yeah it's 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 still advancing uh but it is now like kind of swaying with the music a little bit do you want to keep going since since the complexity starts low and gets higher you want to use your lowest skills early rather than later Correct, correct. I'm thinking, if I try and join in with what Peter's doing, what Baz is doing there, uh-huh. with my perform skill, which is 4d4, uh-huh. I could try and harmonize with the music by singing along <laughs> using my worst skill at d, my worst d4 skill at complexity uh-huh. 2. Is oh, that a sure. thing? Will yeah, that yeah, help? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but it is still, so Peter is still acting. Right, so you you yeah. would go after Peter is done, basically. 
So so Baz is there doing the like, you know, the dance with his people, um, and then as the as the creature comes, um have you ever seen those games of adult tag where you've got like just basically grown people leaping, dodging and throwing themselves around like like that. Uh so just athletically as it comes in, just throw yourself to the side and keep on and just play keep away and not actually um let it lay hands on me. That's okay. that's the plan. Gotcha. Nice. Uh, uh, I think athletics would be appropriate for that. I think so as well. Go for it. So that's complexity free, eh? Yep. Second action. All right. Great. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you are able to uh, to to kind of dodge out of the way, um, and it's sort of gently uh, loping around here. Um, so, mm-hmm. do you want to take another action, or are you ready to pass to no, Russ? I'm good. Okay. Great. Uh, so it is your turn, Russ. Right, so we'll start with that perform check. Mm-hmm. So I am harmonizing in yes. my best boy band harmonies mm-hmm. with the music yes. that Peter yes. is generating. Cats are known for their singing ability. Let's see how <laughs> well, we'll find out, won't we? Memory! <laughs> 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 uh, Andrew Weber is so proud right now. <laughs> so is, is this complexity too? This is, yes, yes yeah. your first action, so. Here we go, then. This can't possibly go wrong. Oh! In a shocking <laughs> turn of events. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, we, your D-Force is, so you stu- do get to still mark that D4 skill. Um, you roll so, a one and a one. Yeah. So, Which is pretty see. much means that the cat sang about as well as you would expect a cat to sing. <laughs> Uh, and so that Who means <laughs> we will. Uh, uh, so there's a couple of different things that can happen when we fail. Uh, I like to roll on this failure prompts table that it comes loaded with. Um, mm-hmm. So we roll on that and we've got uh, something beautiful turns ugly. Uh, I think that's perfect for this situation. So this song that was so beautiful uh, suddenly turns oh, no, ugly. I ruined it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Baz. I'm sorry. <laughs> And so what oh, it means dude. is uh, oh, cool. this individual immediately turns. You have ruined the song, Sirak. <laughs> uh, uh, and so this thing turns towards you. Your turn is over when you fail. Uh, and so it's going to run to you. Um, and it slams you with a massive fist. Um, oh, no. Punching into you. Uh, you take two. Uh, damage. Um, okay. So the first one would be your your shield health level would go, mm-hmm. uh, and then your second. But this creature is like so big and massive, it does a lot of damage when it. Right, I can mark those straight on the sheet there. Marvelous. There we go. Okay, so my shield is gone, and I'm now down to two health. Yes, uh, and now we're we're back. Since both of you have acted, we're back at the top of initiative. It is going to uh, declare an attack on you. Both. So it will spend a collapse point to get two attacks at the start of its turn, uh, and it's going to declare attacks on both of you at the end of this turn. Now, normally in roll 20, if if there were more people playing, I would use markers to keep track of, like, who's attacking who and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But because it's just the three of us, I know it's attacking both of you. So now you all get to go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and slip out by deceiving it. So I'm going to try and tap it on one shoulder and then sneak off the other way. Yes. Is yes. that a thing I can try and do with a D10? A D10. Go for it. Okay. And, and complexity, complexity. too, because it's a new turn. Yes. 
Okay. Yes. Yes. So you are able to, uh, y- you know, you tap it on one shoulder and it looks kind of to the left while you go right, right? Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> it falls for that old chestnut. Uh, you still <laughs> have, uh, if you'd like to, you can keep acting now. Uh, okay. Um, I want to try and use a D6 skill. What my D6 is, I've got perception, melee, who, um, decorum. What's decorum? Just like. Uh, so yeah, decorum is like knowing about manners and acting in a, a stately way. I don't think that's going to help me, right? <laughs> I, it may not. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one to figure out. Unless you like Bugs Bunny, you know, put on a like a butler outfit or something. Do uh, we get any bonuses for flanking or position or anything like that? Uh, no, unless you're using like a, a skill to make that happen, you could generate advantages or that kind of thing. Right. So I was thinking, if my deception were to put me behind it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I could use my laser sword, which is a d6, and that will check off my last dice used slot. Yeah. So and give me an it is. Uh, it is affected by that condition. So technically, if you're going to attack. The laser sword is actually going to still be at complexity two for you. Okay. Yeah, because it's uh, because of that condition that Peter imposed on it earlier. Let's do this then. Roll. Yes. Excellent. So we yeah, you uh, s- slice into it, and it lets out like a big howl, like a as uh, as you slice in. Uh, do you want to keep going? Right. I now have access to a Nova ability. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Lure the masses. It talks about a group, but does that would that apply to a monkey too, or does it have to be plural? I would buy I would buy a single single monkey if you can tell me how you're able to sort of communicate with it, you know. Right. So it doesn't it doesn't talk my language, I assume then. It's not it does not, it doesn't speak any language, right? It doesn't speak yeah, any it's language. A, it's okay. all intelligence. Okay. So I'm going to do the my best to do soothing monkey noises and hand signals and can I produce some food or something? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll say you, you've got rations or something on you, okay. probably. <laughs> so I can spend my Nova point. Oh, while not in combat. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Oh. I should have read that. Uh, the game designer should have known that, too. Uh, in that yeah. case... You can... probably have another Nova ability, too. Yeah, I can become hidden from the sensitive old creatures for 10 minutes, but I don't think that's going to help right now. Oh, gotcha. Actually, no, yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm going to basically turn invisible. Okay. Spending my yeah. Nova point. And nice. now the it can't see me, I'm going to head off down this corridor mm-hmm. to that door it was bursting through and peek around the corner. Yes. So I'm just going to move your, your mini so you can kind of see. Um, you see a, a bunch of people, uh, a lot of Kithooks um, and some other scientists and stuff uh, are crammed in what looks like a cafeteria, kind of uh, huddled. And you see uh, one of them is uh, like in their hands, right? They all look like sciencey types, not very uh, strong and sturdy. One of them uh, in a shaking Kithook claw is holding a grenade, like very shaky, like they were getting ready to kind of uh, use it on this beast as they're uh, just shaking. And they, they don't see you, right? Because you you spent that Nova point and you're still oh, yeah, invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, they're just kind of like all hushed, waiting to hear what happens next. Well, that grenade sounds dangerous, and I don't want him setting that off right now. 
Mm-hmm. So, still invisible, I'm going to sneak up to him and try and pilfer it from him. Go for it. Nice. I love it. Uh, yeah, this could be maybe Skullduggery. All your Lost. dice would reset if you're, you know, if you want to earn a... So this oh. is going to be a complexity four. Okay. Oh, I see what the dice used have gone back to orange as well, because I used that. Cool. Yeah. I like this. I like the... Um, the interface. The interface, yeah, yeah. It's um, the automatically updating character sheet. Yeah, and it's very clean and it works. It's very nice. Oh, I like it very yes. much. All uh, right, let's roll. And the orange is quite nice as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, they they did a good job with this. Um, so yeah, so you uh, you rolled a three and eight, a ten and a four with your d10s. Uh, so that is a pass. So you are able to pilfer this uh, this grenade, and uh, like he's so shaking and nervous, he doesn't even realize <laughs> that he's not holding it anymore. Right? He's okay. just <sighs> uh, staring out. So uh, Russ, do you want to keep going or? It's up to There's you. There's no other exits from this room, I take it. Uh, you can see that there is an exit uh, kind of up to the the north there. Um, there's a door. Now, I'm going to stay where I am. I'm going to draw my laser pistol mm-hmm. and turn back towards the fight. Um, let's let off a shot. Okay. Cool. Uh, go ahead. This will be, again, a complexity four because you're attacking it. It should be five, but it's got a condition, so that's why. Complexity four mm-hmm. with my range score of four. This is possibly not going to go well. This is possibly not going to go well. <laughs> okay, so I'm rolling 4d4, okay. and I'm trying not to get any duplicates. As it's, <laughs> it's advancing, kind of bearing down, it looked the other way, and then it turns and looks at Baz. Yes. <sighs> we established that that was impossible. <laughs> That'll be a fail. I missed. Uh, so, yes, yeah, that is a fail. However, you do have an advantage. You could re-roll one of those ones and hope for a three, uh, because if you get a two or a four, that's also a fail, because you rolled a four or a one or a two. Oh, I don't think it's good odds no that's a waste of an advantage point i think we'll save that okay but again it's a very short game and yeah we use it yeah okay we'll end up not having used them um so how do i do how do i roll just one uh so uh over on the left hand side of roll 20 you can see there's that uh, d20 on that little bar of icons yeah hover over that and you can just click the d4 and that'll roll a d4 for you Okay, no, so that's still no. a fail. You've got one left if you want to spend your 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 no, other advantage. No, I'll leave, I'll leave that one. Peter, you can have that one. I'm not going to okay, hold no, the advantage points. So, uh, <laughs> for what goes wrong, uh, something goes haywire, and I think what goes haywire is your shot here, Russ. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And Peter, you are suddenly struck in the shoulder oh, um, by I'm your sorry. your friend's laser pistol rifle, and you lose a health level um, as you are hit. <laughs> Baz, but it is your turn now, Baz. Don't shoot me back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, can I just check quickly to see how badly I'm hurt? Yes. Do you say medicine? Yes, go for okay. it. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, so, so you would be able to, um, so, so you're kind of looking at your shoulder. Now, normally, if you want to restore health, right, you would need like a med kit or something like that. Um, you would probably have this. Uh, the pregens are built so that like somebody has it and is able to use it, right? So uh, oh. because there's two of you, we could say that if you wanted to uh, use one of your uses from your med kit to heal yourself as one uh-huh. of your actions, you could do that, and that would bring you back uh-huh. up. Okay. Uh, so you would like inject 
something or slap a, a bandage around your shoulder that you've been shot in here. Okay, sounds good. I'll slap a quick patch over the hole in the chitin, stop all my uh, pressurized internal blood from gouting everywhere and uh, bleeding out in seconds because that would be bad. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so you slap a bandage on. Now you've got this thing is looking right at you right in the face um you okay. know your your friend has basically disappeared at this point again uh after screeching and crooning terribly and messing up your <laughs> your finally laid plan here well i'm visible now because i've made an attack so you can see me now oh nice okay yes so you can see oh, that's, that's useful information thanks for us sarah <laughs> <laughs> totally helping uh, also i say helping with the i hold the grenade up i go oh, look what i've got <laughs> <laughs> in a minute dude in a minute okay whoa big dude whoa easy easy uh just like try and wave my uh cutting surface covered uh forearms in a less mm-hmm. intimidating fashion and see if i can like by using my calming presence i can persuade it to uh chill out a bit Sure. Despite it being having shanks in the, <laughs> in the butts by a cat with a laser sword. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly, yes. Uh, yeah. So go ahead, this will be complexity. Uh, this is com- Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Hey. That is a pass. Uh, we've got a two, a one, an eight on your D8s that you rolled mm-hmm. for this. Um, you can see uh, as as you're as you're doing this, its eyes blink a little bit. Its lids, eyelids are getting a little bit heavier, um, kind of as it mm. as it gets into this music and 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 as its own like icker is kind of pouring out of the laser wound mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that uh, it was given to by Sirac. Do you want to mm-hmm. do anything else? But no, I think I, I, if it's not going to rip my arms off and beat me to death with a socky end, then I may just call it there. Does it look like it's going to attack, or it sounds like it's it getting a bit like sleepy? It looks like it's 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 on the edge of deciding. One more swift action might push it over. All right, I will try and get my think myself inside the ape's head and gently get a little scratch behind the ears. Uh, in empathetic fashion. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Love it. Complexity yeah. for empathy. Yeah. Do can I use my advantage to re-roll one of those sevens? Yes, go for it. Yeah. Hey. Yay. So you initially you failed. You had rolled two sevens uh, yes. on your d12, but you had re-rolled an eight. I'm just restating for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so you have re-rolled and you give it this scritch behind the ears, and it just very slowly kind of sinks to the ground, Aww. curls up in the fetal position, puts one of its one of its thumbs in its mouth, and just Aww. kind of slowly goes to sleep. As you've uh, you've got that there, and the scientists emerge and they raise Sirac up onto their shoulders, and uh, <laughs> and they they rush you forward and they're like our hero, uh, and everyone is paid. No, don't throw him out the airlock. You mean it? And they they come up and they thank you. Yeah. And they tell you that they had all been kind of cornered here in the station and that the, this Velame 
had gotten out and destroyed parts of the station. And now they'll be able to uh, get back to work repairing it because you were able to come in and save them. And they weren't all torn apart. They were worried that like, if we hide in here too long, the burn will get us uh, or this monkey will get us one or the other. Right. Um, and so they, uh, they thank you. Uh, they give you a heaping pile of Argent and they let you know that if you're ever looking for work, Um, They're always interested in people who are willing to go recover different pieces of flora and fauna for them. And I got a free grenade. Excellent. Sweet. And that is, uh, that's Burn Bright. Uh, So there we go. That is, uh, there we go. That's a Burn Bright encounter. Thank you very much. That was pretty precious. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My first experience with Roll20, I am super impressed with that interface. I don't know if it's always like that with Roll20 with other games or whether this is particularly done well because it's designed um, for Roll20. Like but a, this looks like free subscription. You've got, uh, or is that um, so, the dynamic lighting? Yeah, so I have a I have a pro level subscription uh, because mm-hmm. I I mean I work with Roll Twenty right, so they sort of unlocked yeah. it for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, yeah, yeah. so you don't always get to do the dynamic lighting is something you have to have one oh. of the paid accounts for. Um, yeah. But but using Burn Bright all uh, for oh, yeah. the interface of the character sheets and all that kind of stuff, you just need to have uh, Burn Bright. You don't need to have a paid account to do that. Mm. And like you can grab all these, all this scenery and stuff. It's like we've got a very nice ship's corridor mm-hmm. uh, that is readily available uh, online. So, oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I want space station. Yeah, I figured I'd, I'll show you the whole thing. So this space station oh, actually wow. is the map that comes with the starter adventure. Um, and there's That's a lot of nice. other things going on here yeah. uh, in the starter adventure, as you can see. Um, yeah, so. nice. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, again, it's a game that uh, is built to have maps because mm. Roll20. Um, and so a lot of the adventures mm. have sort of dungeon crawly elements mm. to them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, this is what this map looks like uh, in Roll20. Mm. And it's, like I said, it's from the starter set that's called Burning Daylight, uh, mm. it, uh, which is available through Roll20. So, yeah, if this was your first foray, mm. Russ, there, there are several games that have Roll20 integration pretty well mm. D&D is one of them uh, Pathfinder yeah. is is one mm. of them Pathfinder 2 you know so it kind of depends on the game that you are playing mm. uh, and how well the developers of that game have supported Roll20 you know like did they want to get all their stuff in there and and that kind of yeah. thing uh, so um, <laughs> but yeah there's a there's a lot of good things I think Fate is in there. Kids on bikes. Uh, Spyhander. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pathfinder Second Edition definitely. If you didn't already mention it, I remember. Uh, yeah, and they've got a lot of functionality built into it too. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that was I mean, cool. I like things like I can like when I'm running D and D on it because that's what I've been using it for. Mm, yes. You can roll hit points to the monsters and track it on the token. Yeah, which is something I would never never do on tabletop because I just don't have that patience for that level of bookkeeping. Exactly. But in this, it's all really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of inspiration. And that's great. Right. I always, whenever I get into a battle with multiple creatures, not on a VTT, I'm like, well, oh. which one of these had the three hit points mm-hmm. and who's still a full, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. In this case, it's uh, it's so much easier because you can track on the tokens. Yeah. And you can, do, you can do a lot of different things. You can also buy pre-made adventures. So like Curse of yeah. Strahd. Yeah 
is loaded up in here, uh, which means oh. all the maps and tokens and stats and stuff are ready to go. So when you sit down to play, you're you're just playing, right? Yeah. Um, you don't have to do the work of loading up the maps yeah. yourself. We've got uh, our, um, our Zeitgeist Adventure Path. Some of the adventures of that are on World Twenty. Yes. Really? I think I think it's only the first one. Actually, I'm not sure because someone else it's been yeah. licensed it out to someone to handle that stuff but yeah so, some yeah. of that's on there yeah yeah oh, and that's great that? right it means you can go in and, and play yeah uh, and uh, and be ready to go which is awesome so yeah yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. that's kind of uh you know this is uh, um i was excited that i got to introduce you to roll 20 yeah, too ooh, thank of. you thank you so. i know i really enjoyed that james thank you that was that was good that was an introduction both to roll 20 and to burn bright and yes. i liked them both very much Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this. This is a lot of fun. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for running it for us. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, yeah, I I super, super appreciate it. Okay. So this fantastic live actual play done in mere minutes of time by the very talented James Intracasso, who is lead designer of Burnbright, was played by me, Peter Coffey, from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Me, Russ. And me, James Intercasso, thank you so much. Uh, the talent is all in you, gentlemen. I'm just a facilitator for storytelling. <laughs> to be fair, it's all in me. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell by that yeah, cat song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry, can, we, can so, I just stop you for a sec? Oh uh, yeah, go ahead. Hudson uh-huh. just has a noisy toy. I'm going to swap it for a quiet one because otherwise it's going to gotcha. mess up the recording. Just go be one it. moment. <laughs>